Good morning. Welcome to Follow the Math, um, another episode. I had a couple more things that I wanted to talk about that uh, on the last one I didn't want to fit in because it's a little bit different subjects, but this whole pandemic COVID thing, um, previously I discussed about, you know, mental health with our kids, um, which I'm going to kind of get into with a firsthand experience, um, just happened yesterday. And then uh, also um, contact tracing, which I get sounds like a great idea, but if you really think about it, it's almost impossible to do. And I'm going to give you an example of why. So on uh, October 1st, or excuse me, September 30th, today is the 16th of October, 2021. So what, 17 days ago, um, my kids both go to the same school, different grades, and they have friends in the neighborhood, etc. And um, my neighbor uh, received an email and a call from the school stating that uh, her kid was exposed to somebody who tested positive for COVID on Thursday, September 30th. And uh, she had a quarantine for 10 days, um, or if she was showing symptoms, uh, then uh, she would need to provide a negative COVID test in order to come back to school. But if there was no symptoms, she was welcome to come back after 10 days of, of quarantine. So there was uh, a group of kids, um, I don't know exact size, but um, they weren't able to go to school for the entire uh, following week. Now, I didn't receive a call from my kids. Um, and that's, that's the funny thing is that um, this neighbor uh, kid and my daughter are really good friends. They literally play with each other outside of school all the time. And another neighborhood kid that was also quarantined, um, they're always around each other. So the school um, allowed my daughter to go to school, but not these other kids that she literally hangs out with virtually every day. Uh, not only at school, but outside of school. So um, that just kind of proof in the pudding that it's complete horseshit. Um, they say they're doing all these different things to mitigate exposure, but really it's such a clusterfuck. There's no way to handle it 100%. So she's going, my daughter's going to school that following Monday throughout the entire week. And then guess what? Thursday of last week, um, we got an email uh, on October 7th that said, hey, um, they can't come to school on Friday because they were exposed to COVID on September 30th. And they can come back to school the following Monday. So my kids, both of my kids were in the group of uh, the exposure were going to school the entire time while the other kids were quarantined and the school didn't even catch it until almost a week later. Um, and so my kids had to miss one day of school for quarantine and were welcome to come back the following Monday because the exposure the exposure date and in coordinates with the quarantine date as far as the timeline. So that's kind of proof in the pudding right there. Um, number one, we shouldn't be doing this with the kids anyway. Um, they 
can contract COVID. They, most of them are asymptomatic. The kids who did test positive for COVID had a couple sniffles and that was about it. Just your average seasonal cold. Um, and so that's kind of why I, I wanted to mention that because you, you look at the media and they're really driving this one home with fear and people who watch this and, and absorb this news, they know they're being dis, disingenuous. They have to. Um, there's so many things that contradict what people are saying uh, anecdotally, contradict it um, with statistics, etc. That I just, it baffles me how people just are so sheepish when it comes to this pandemic and vaccines and quarantines and masks and all these things that really haven't done anything to stop the spread. Um, people are getting vaccinated and now they're talking about booster shots, um, forcing people to get vaccinated, even though when you do get vaccinated, you can still contract COVID and you can still spread COVID. Um, really makes no sense. I'm not a big fan of vaccines. I understand why people get the vaccine. Um, and one of the common arguments that really irritates the shit out of me is, well, we already mandate vaccines for uh, certain things uh, for in order to go to school. And that's true. You know, measles, mumps, rubella, hepatitis B, uh, meningitis, things of that nature. Um, here's a problem, though. Those vaccines make you immune for a lifetime. We have literally eradicated measles, smallpox, polio, all of those. Why? Because of the vaccines. The actual vaccine gives you a lifetime immunity to it. And this vaccine doesn't. That's the point. If we're going to mandate a max vaccine, then that vaccine should be used to eradicate. And this one's not. This, this vaccine, the COVID vaccine, is literally just like a flu vaccine. I don't get a flu, I don't get a flu shot each year. I don't really see a point of it. I've had a couple uh, in the past. The, and again, anecdotally, the years that I've gotten a flu shot, which is twice, I had a severe uh, illness that year. Um, never, not enough to go to the doctor, but, you know, just, it just seems to kind of eh, be one of those things where it seems to me when I get a flu shot, those two times I did, um, I ended up getting sicker than I normally would during a seasonal cold or cold season type of thing. And I'm tired of people talking about getting the vaccine and because, you know, you, you won't, you're less likely to be hospitalized, things of that nature. And really, the evidence shows that it's all based on age and your well-being, your health. Now, there have been, what, 400 kids under the age of 18 since this pandemic started that have died from COVID. But if you look at the core morbidity rates, the average person who dies of COVID has four or more core, uh, core morbidity rate. And it seems like uh, 
obese or morbidly obese people are very susceptible, which more than 80% of the death rate or death count, I should say, um, people were either severely or morbidly obese, um, diabetics, things like that, people having other issues with uh, organ, organ failure type of thing, cancer, things of that nature. Yeah, your immune system is going to be in the tank to begin with. And so if you get any virus, you're more susceptible for hospitalization, you're more susceptible for death, etc. If that makes sense, let's protect those people with vaccines. But when you're a healthy, healthy kid, um, your white blood cells are through the roof, um, that kind of stuff. You're honestly, I think if you can run a mile without stopping, you have nothing to worry about. Your physical health is strong enough to fight off a virus. And this COVID virus that people want us to be deathly afraid of and stay our houses and put our mask on and, and, go into a restaurant with your mask on, but sit down and take your mask off to eat, which then again, how does that stop spread? It doesn't. It doesn't do anything. We all know it. We all have common sense. And no matter how much you try to justify it, it just makes people sound stupid. I was listening to uh, Joe Rogan's podcast uh, a couple days ago, and he had Sanjay Gupta on. Now, Sanjay Gupta is a neuro, uh, neurologist, and he practices medicine still, uh, I guess, or, you know, one of the leading hospitals in the, in the country, but he also is a contributor to CNN. Now, CNN got caught in a really big lie about horse dewormer, i.e. ivermectin. Ivermectin has been around for decades. It's been prescribed to humans for uh yeah i think dengue fever uh river blindness things of that nature um and it's been very effective um some doctors are prescribing it to people um which nobody reports on um for a prophylactic for covid and or to treat covid um but the narrative is the vaccine well the vaccine has a has um a patent on it and if a treatment is patented then it can be charged well above market where ivermectin is a generic drug and it's very cheap so there's no money to be made there it there's so many correlations that this is about politics and this is about money you know i don't think personally anybody should be taking a vaccine that gives the vaccine manufacturer complete immunity to any side effects whatsoever. And I don't think a lot of people realize that, is that when you take a Pfizer vaccine, a Moderna vaccine, a Johnson Johnson vaccine for COVID, they have zero liability and they have complete immunity, uh, I believe until 2024. So if you take a shot and you die, you can't sue them or your family can't sue them, I should say, because you're fucking dead. So, but I understand that, you know, if you're elderly, like when I'm 70 years old, I will, I, I more than likely will get an annual flu shot because I'm 70 years old, but I'm 39 years old. I don't get an annual flu shot. When my body starts breaking down, I will start getting a flu shot. 
Till then, I don't really see much of a point in it. If I was a healthcare worker, I would get a flu shot annually. Because it makes sense. You are more subject to different viruses, etc. But for me and for my family, I don't see the point in it. You know, and back to Sanjay Gupta, he got caught in a lie. And he didn't lie himself, but CNN did. CNN's talking about how Joe Rogan took horse dewormer. Now, it's kind of a horseshit statement, and it's it's meant to be inflammatory and to sound like people who think of alternative treatments other than the vaccine are stupid and were ignorant, things like that. But the fact of the matter is, is that most medicines are used for animals as well. If I have an infection, I get prescribed antibiotics. If my dog has an infection, I take him to the vet and they're prescribed antibiotics. Now, does that mean antibiotics are for animals only? No, they're also for humans to treat infection. Now, are the doses different? Absolutely. But the doses are also different if my daughter, who's 84 pounds, or I get prescribed it because I weigh more. Also, the doses, dosages are going to be different because it is human to animal or animal to human. But that doesn't mean it's only meant for fucking livestock. And that really pisses me off that... An actual media company, a news outlet, is going to blatantly lie like that. And Rogan asked Sanjay Gupta about it, and he kind of just ran in circles around it. He wouldn't admit really they lied or they shouldn't have done that. I mean, he kind of said it, but danced around the subject a little bit. And I thought that was an awesome move because, you know, you watch CNN, the viewership on CNN is maybe a million or two million tops and i am get i don't have numbers in front of me but i know that their viewership is in a landslide um since after uh trump was out of office and biden's in they don't they can't milk the trump train anymore even though they still try to um they always bring them up just it's just for viewership and they always talk about the virus everybody talks about the virus but it's more a fear just for viewership for advertisement they're not doing it to actually give you comprehensive uh coverage that is fact-based they always talk about misinformation or disinformation but they provide a lot of misinformation themselves and case in point horse dewormer that is blatant conscious misinformation and they know it but they keep rolling with it. And I'm tired of seeing these experts on CNN and Fox News and MSNBC talking about, you know, what we should be doing and how we should be doing it because they're getting paid for their opinions. They're getting paid for their expertise. So if they're on a partisan news network that's clearly partisan, they have to roll with the point of view of that network because then they if they don't if they stray away from that they're not going to be invited back on and they're not going to collect that CNN money or that Fox News money or that MSNBC money 
So that's a big problem in this country is that we're following advice from experts who are towing party lines and only giving information that that particular news outlet wants to push. They don't want to give alternative information or alternate methods. And that's not what I'm about. I'm about let's look at all the evidence, looks at all the numbers and figure out what's the best way to go about things. If you're 15 years old and you're uh, playing varsity football and running track and fit as a fiddle, should you be getting the COVID vaccine? No, you shouldn't. If you're 65 years old, you have type 2 diabetes, um, you're morbidly obese, um, you don't get any exercise, you eat McDonald's and fucking Jack in the Box all the time, should you get a vaccine? Probably. Because if you get any type of virus, your body is struggling so much to fight off all the shit you're doing to it, it gets a virus, it's going to struggle even harder. So let's be honest with who should be getting vaccinated and who shouldn't be getting vaccinated. And vaccine mandates. Um, I, I don't understand why that is even a question right now. It seems to me it's, it's, it's extremely political because what it was is Biden wanted to do 100 million vaccines in 100 days, right? Well, it came around June, and they're just not hitting the number they wanted to hit. They wanted, we said we we're at herd immunity at 70% vaccination rate, and we're really hovering right around there. But in order to push it, to push the number they want, they're going to mandate people get a vaccine. Now, I don't think it's right. I don't think it's the right thing to do. Just like it's a woman's right to choose whether she aborts her baby or not it should also be someone's right to have a vaccine and i don't really care what people are talking about well you're going to infect others you're going to kill grandma things of that nature well we've already proven that if you get the vaccine you can still contract covid and you can still spread covid so it does nothing it's a counterpoint to what they're talking about they contradict themselves literally in the same fucking sentence I don't know. It's fucking ridiculous. And then on another note, with vaccines and also the horse shit. So I had to take my son to the doctor, uh, to Children's Hospital. Uh, he's had his pain thing going on for a while. And it's going on for a couple of years, kind of comes and goes type of thing. So we're just kind of looking, getting other opinions and getting going to a specialist and see what they think. Nothing terrible. It's nothing um, real serious, but... You know, I just want to make sure that, you know, there's nothing wrong or whatnot. So we took him to, I took him to Children's Hospital uh, to take a look at. And then, uh, you know, I was mentioning before with, you know, teens, uh, the suicidal rates uh, during the pandemic, 12 to 17, going up 54%, or excuse me, 37%, not 54, but 54% increase in girls. Okay, but 37% across the board. So we're having a huge mental health crisis with our youth. And I see it. I see it every day. Um, not necessarily with my kids, but I see it with other kids, uh, how they're acting, things going on um, around me. 
And so going to the doctor, uh, going to the children's hospital, uh, the Seattle Children's Hospital, actually one of the best children's hospitals, I believe, that's in the country, uh, very renowned for the treatment, especially in uh, cancer patients. So talk to the specialist, etc. Um, everything's good to go. But um, during, you know, his vital, you know, checking his vital height, weight, uh, blood pressure, that kind of stuff. And he had to fill out a little questionnaire. And it's a laminated piece of uh, paper with a dry erase pen with six questions on it. And so he fills it out. And two hours later, I get a phone call from uh, Children's Hospital psychiatrist or psychologist. I don't know if it's a psychologist or psychiatrist. I'm not sure. But anyway, he... Uh, I wasn't home, um, so had her call uh, my wife so um, she could talk to my son. And she was asking him um, how he feels, if he's feeling like he wants to hurt himself, if, uh, you know, um, he, if, if his parents were divorced or separated or if we we're both in the household, things of that nature. And he kind of took him back a bit like you know he's answering the questions with confusion on his face and the case in point is is that now this is the new protocol for children's hospital anytime you go there they're going to call uh, a psychologist has to call and check up and do a well child check and also they are mandatory reporters meaning that if they hear anything a, a child might say they have to report it to social services which i think is a good thing i i honestly think it comes out of you know they're really looking out for the kids and that really needs to happen because there's so many kids out there that aren't getting the care they need um and we need to do more to help them but it really plays into my point about this pandemic how it is literally destroying a generation of our population. It's destroying our youth. And that little anecdote with the psychologist calling and the new protocol with Children's Hospital kind of proves my point. Suicide attempts and suicide rates have gone up so much over this pandemic with kids. Not even talking about adults, but just with kids. It's gone up so much that they have to have suicide question errors and mental health question errors to try to uh, funnel out, you know, if this kid needs help or not need help, or do we need to call social services on mom and dad because they're not treating their kids correct? They're not treating their kids right. They're abusing their kids, malnourishing their kids. Who knows? We all know that domestic violence has gone up a lot too. I don't know the exact number. Domestic violence has gone up. Um, Abuse has gone up, um, depression, every, everything, everything. And it really boils down, like I said, this is all, this is all coming down to politics. Yeah, we are we're under a pandemic, but this pandemic is, was, is being dealt with so, it's been so mismanaged that, like I said, we're going to see the effects of this for decades, for decades. And... I just, I, I'm so disappointed in my country right now. I'm so disappointed in people who can't really see through the filters 
of what they're being told and what they're being force fed through our media, through our politicians, all of that. And I want to know what you guys think. I mean, if you guys got some points that, you know, counteract mine, let me know. Um, any thoughts, feelings, that kind of stuff, let me know. Because I need answers. I need to know. I feel like a lot of people are on the same, are in the same boat as I am, feel a lot the same ways I do. And I just really... I need somebody to convince me that uh, maybe some of the, the things that I'm thinking or feeling are, uh, how would you say, just, am I not looking at it the right way? How is this, how is this pandemic being dealt with? How is it positive in any sort of way? That's what I want to know. Because I don't see it. I don't see anything that has been in positive effect coming through this except for a vaccine that was rushed through approval a vaccine that has been given uh, immunity for liability until they believe it's 2024 a vaccine um, rolled out by Pfizer that was sold off to Brazil and they uh, have a deal they have immunity with the country of Brazil for 20 years so anything that happens from that vaccine, any side effects, et cetera, they have complete immunity over. Now, it seems uh, it seems like uh, we're we're not being told everything. And then because it, why why do you need immunity from liability if the vaccine is one hundred percent safe? That's what I want to know. And it just they're making a ton of money and they're covering their ass you know it's fishy it's real real fishy but nobody talks about that point i mean that's the one thing i don't hear on the media or in articles from anyone is they talk about the vaccines and the efficacy of the vaccine etc and it goes both ways there's there's people who talk about how everybody needs to be vaccinated, and if you don't, you're a fucking idiot, and you're you're killing everybody around you. And then you have other people like uh, Robert Malone, who invented the mRNA vaccine, who was the inventor of it, and he says that this vaccine is being distributed inappropriately. Um, I would really recommend you guys looking up Robert Malone and start reading what he has to say and start listening to the some of the interviews about him because the person who invented it i think i gonna follow his advice a fuck of a lot more than dr fauci who literally is just a virologist politician so um yeah look into it more and it's the politicization of our country is is terrible and there are so many different factions of people and they're they hate each other and that shouldn't be the, that shouldn't be the case i understand you might have different politics and different ideals physically socially but we should be able to be in the same room and actually have an open discussion 
without shutting the other person down. And that's all what's happening right now. And I want to open up that communication channel <clears throat> and I will invite everyone to uh, join me on that. So um, any thoughts, feelings, um, ridicule, <laughs> um, shoot me an email at followmath at gmail.com. Now, I don't have any social media. I don't really intend to. I believe it's really, really toxic. And I don't want to fall into that rabbit hole because uh, once you go in, it's hard to go out. Um, so I'm going to keep it simple. Um, keep my email uh, an open chain of communication for people. And uh, let me know what you think. Um, take care and have a good, safe rest of the day.